Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. Go to audibletrial.com slash Rushmore. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Greetings and welcome to the Mount Rushmore podcast. My name is Jeff Hopkins. I'm about six foot tall. I have brown hair and I'm very attractive. And I'm joined as always by my good friends, Richard. Hello. Richard, describe yourself physically. I am about 6'5". Yeah. Uh, you ever seen Charles? The, remember the uh, Charles Atlas that we talked about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I look just like Charles Atlas. The Olympic ideal. <laughs> yes. Uh, who else is here? Uh, Michael Winfield, and I look like a cavity creep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm four foot two. I'm dirty, grungy, grubby. He's got a spike just digging in people's teeth, making holes. Well, uh, our descriptions have nothing absolutely to do with the topic of today's podcast, if not for the fact that uh, we live in Los Angeles where things are very materialistic. You judge people by their appearances here. Um, you judge things about how beautiful things are here. And there's a lot of songs written about Los Angeles, and that is the topic of today, the Mount Rushmore of songs about Los Angeles. Who chose this? This was my choice, and uh, this came out of one of uh, me and Richard's uh, old games we'd play at the bar after kickball games. Uh, we'd have jukeboxing matches. Oh, uh, not not that game. <laughs> where uh, we'd put $20 into the jukebox and, uh, you know, prevent all of our friends from playing their awful music by playing our awful music. Ah. And we'd usually have some sort of theme like, right. like lost songs about Los Angeles or... Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, songs with letters of the alphabet in the title. Something stupid yeah. like that. Yeah, we'd, we'd choose a pretty generic thing that we could all just kind of pick from and then go from there and mm-hmm. enjoy as our friends didn't get to play their awful songs for, <laughs> for two and a half hours. So musical cock blocks. Pretty much. And I think we, it was, it's always been a fun thing that we've done together. And, you know, obviously music has been such a kind of linking thing in, in our friendship that, uh, you know, and being in and of L.A., yeah. that it's hard not to think about how much of music is made about Los Angeles oh, right and on. the characters involved. Cool. Okay. Michael chose it. Richard, you start. Okay. So my first choice, um, first thing I thought of actually was uh, Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. Also on my list. By N.W.A. And I think my choices, to some extent, are about outsiders in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And I think these, this, the only group out of the four that I have, well, actually, actually, take that back. yeah, the only group out of the four that I have that are primarily made up of L.A. natives. But I would certainly argue that what they were talking about in, you know, 1988 was an outsider's perspective on Los Angeles, certainly being outside the uh, realm of power and privilege. I, I would. They were. I think they both were outsiders and insiders. They are as out of the, the songs that I have on my list. They are the only ones that are really basically from within the city. But right. I think I think that applies. I think, uh, like you said, they are. They were on the fringe of everything, and I'm sure as a minority and as a race, often uh, on the fringe of society and se- you know, and and it's. Hip hop wasn't even shown on MTV at this time, right? Or, uh, yo, right MTV around the time Yo MTV raps, yeah. they would yeah. have that, and that was kind of 
pardon the pun, kind of put into this ghetto yeah. Yeah. of like you get this like one hour mm-hmm. once a week, or yeah. a couple hours once a week, and then eventually it was daily as it started to become more integrated into just pop culture in general. Yeah. So we might, I think one theme we might encounter is that the music industry in the U.S. started on the East Coast and a lot of the early stuff that had to do with Los Angeles and Southern California was about coming out and enjoying the the beauty, like surf songs and things like that. So, so songs that are about L.A. are already, the topic is kind of on the outside of the music industry originally. Yeah, and I, and I have zero songs on here that are like, like there's a Best Coast song that's, that's like a, I can't blanking on the name, but it's like yeah. very much like, L.A. is great. Everyone should live here. I yeah. have zero songs that are like that. Yeah. All four of my songs are kind of these. John just looks at, at kind of the underbelly of Los Angeles. I and that certainly fits in with this. I think that Straight Outta Compton is a song that's less about the city of Los Angeles and the city of Compton, but more about what the city has made these men into. Mm-hmm. And it's very, like, they're very reflexive of this is the lifestyle that they grew up in and the image that they had to portray. I saw this very funny quote on Twitter the other day that said, um, every rap song, everyone has doubted me and I'm here to prove them wrong. And followed by every emo song, everyone has doubted me and they are absolutely right. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. But like listening to like the three huge verses of the song, it's all about how hard these people are and how they're going to come get you and how the police have tried to take them down and how they're going to stand back, uh, stand up and come back. Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, you know, it's, ref- it's, it's them. It's, it's their life that they're reacting to rather than the city itself. Yeah. Yeah. Richard, is that uh, what makes you dig this song? Yeah, uh, certainly that. I mean, it's, I remember being, you know, 12 at the time it came out and being a white guy, you know, white kid in s- central California I hadn't heard anything like this. It was shocking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there's probably some, some recency. I've been watching uh, uh, The Defiant Ones, if you've seen on HBO, which is a stunning four-part documentary series about Dr. Dre and yeah. Jimmy... Uh, Iveen. And, like, I grew up in L.A., and I remember the riots at the time. Like, I was so far distant from it though it wasn't in my backyard I mean it was over the hill I lived in the valley and it was over the hill and it was so stunning and that there is a an aspect of LA that you feel so that you're connected to but feel so far different from yeah and they were certainly connecting to and sort of almost acting as reporters on this side of Los Angeles or what was happening yeah good good that was just bubbling under the surface you know the riots happen a few years later and it all kind of explodes. But this was kind of like the, the warning shots that something something bad was in the water mm-hmm. and they were sort of reporting on it. Plus, plus it's just a great fucking song. Yeah. Michael, what is your second choice? Uh, Richard talked about like having like these different perspectives and kind of like an underbelly perspective of LA and my first song is uh, Screenwriters, Blue, Screenwriters Blues by the band Soul Coughing. Uh, came out in 1994. It's kind of like this jazzy, spoken word, hip-hop, semi-sort yeah. of thing that I remember being on K-Rock all the time. And maybe Soul Coughing is a bit more known for some of their other songs like Super Bon Bon or mm-hmm. um, another song called Circles. But this song came out and it it's like from the point of view, it feels like this kind of Chris Stevens, Northern Exposure 
Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, word poem kind of yeah. poem radio man that's yeah. on the air at five in the five in the morning, who's just he's been talking all night. Maybe this is the end of his four hour yeah. shift, and he's kind of free form talking about this person that's coming to L.A. to write a screenplay, mm-hmm. and he starts talking it like he just starts talking about, and you're in Reseda, and you're. And the radio man says it is a beautiful night out there. And the radio man says rock and roll lives. And the radio man says it is a beautiful night out there in Los Angeles. You live in Los Angeles and you are going to Reseda. We are all in some way or another going to Reseda someday to die. It's, it was dirty and yeah. more of a reality of what it's like to, you know, follow the American dream to California. Yeah. You're you're not necessarily going to like the Ritz or mm-hmm. going to the the Standard. You're, yeah, yeah. You're living in a motel in yeah. the Valley, and it you're writing like, about things that are a little more underhand. About yeah, murder and. It seemed like the Sonic equivalent of a. It's almost like this could have been one of the subplots of Pulp Fiction or something like that. Like they, it feels very much <laughs> like this should have been a a screen like a screenplay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's one great set of of lyrics where he says it is 5 a.m. and the sun has charred the other side of the world and come back to us and painted the smoke over our heads and imperial violet such a visceral you know sunrise over the city that's yeah that there's almost nothing like it mm-hmm. with with our sunrise or sunset sometimes yeah. with like the the fumes from LAX mm-hmm. and but this, the song itself is like just fantastic yeah both the songs you've started off with uh, go in counter to a lot of the efforts in the early part of the 20th century to depict Southern California as this uh, idyllic paradise. And these songs just let people know that it's not. And there's actually a seedier, dark side. It's not just a bright, sunny shy, skies on the weather map all the time. Right. right? Yeah. Uh, like I said, those, are all th- those will be all four of my picks. So. Yeah, really? Okay. <laughs> Well, let's, let's go to your next one then. All right. My next one is the song Los Angeles by the band X. Yeah, one of my favorite songs. If you're comparing songwriters to authors or poets, um, you know, John Doe, X, and Cervantes together are probably as close as we have to Charles Bukowski yeah. in terms of music. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly, especially those first albums, were really about the reality of the, ne- the kind of nihilism of the punk rock world in Los yeah. Angeles in the late seventies, early eighties and kind of, I don't want to say there was a glamor to it. Mm-hmm. I guess stripping away sort of what people believed that it was and really showing, no, this is shitty to live in. Yeah. You know, we're, you know, we're broke, we're poor, we're, you know, surviving on beer and potatoes mm-hmm. to eat and just really kind of showing, really kind of, re- again, almost like reporting on that. is this transitory you know uh, city that people flood into with these aspirations and then ends up becoming the city that you just want to 
get out of. Yeah. At yeah. least at least from people that have come here. I know we have several friends that have come, had their aspirations and have left again. Yeah, it's uh, it, it isn't quite what they what you think it is from the commercials. It it it's it's a hard place to make it. There's no doubt about it. And this song, by the way, I'd like to apologize. My first two choices both have the N word in the song at some point. So, well, you didn't write this. Sorry, it was funny because I, I was talking to my wife Sarah. Noid. About, <laughs> yes, <laughs> the Noid. They both talk about the Noid. Sorry, I'm so sorry. You're talking to your wife Sarah. I said my wife, and I mentioned that fact, and she's like, "Wait, there's an N word in Los Angeles." I was like, "Yeah," and I was going through the lyrics. Like, yeah, but you can barely understand what he's saying, so it doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't yeah. really count. But it's it's based off of an actual person who was Exine Cervenka's roommate at the time, who was from England, and just started to hate Los Angeles and wound up leaving and some of the things like buying a clock on Hollywood Boulevard they stuff she actually did that uh. and some of these rantings about like hating Jews and Mexicans and all this stuff was stuff that she got drunk I think got drunk or was on stoned or something one night and started ranting about about that mm-hmm. and so it was pretty much just Exine sort of writing down a yeah. word, word for word what she was saying and what she saw yeah. happening to this her roommate mm-hmm. it's reportage it's not yeah. <laughs> her yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and and you know I think the harshness of the lyrics are necessary. Partially, it's just shock value. Mm-hmm. Maybe even talked about those lyrics being in there just to kind of as, as sort of just a attention getter. Yeah, but that, it also that was such a punk aesthetic to yeah. to be shocking for the sake of being shocking. Right, and 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 at the same time, I think they also were trying to just sort of relate something, like you said, Michael, sort of enigmatic about Los Angeles or something about Los Angeles that. Probably getting to the underside would be tough to do unless you really kind of use that kind of shocking language and, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and the nature of it. Yeah, I, I think this seems like uh, our friends at Guns N' Roses built off this sentiment in Welcome to the Jungle. Because don't they use the N-word in that too? I, think, I don't know. All right. But yeah, the here's this gritty underbelly of this thing that has so much uh, stardust. Glitz and, uh, and yeah. glamour on yeah, top tinsel, of it. Yeah, tinsel attached to it. Okay, so we're halfway through the podcast, and throughout this podcast, we've been talking to you about music that represents Los Angeles, and I suggest you go to Audible to find out more information. Why? Because Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And you can learn more about L.A. music, especially L.A. punk, with a book like Under the Big Black Sun, A Personal History of Los Angeles Punk. This is written by John Doe and Tom DeSavia and narrated by Exine Cervenka, Henry Rollins, and a bunch of other people. Audible is awesome. With 180,000 other titles, Audible has everything. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com Rushmore. Again, that's audibletrial.com Rushmore for your free audiobook. Okay, gentlemen, we are at our halftime, and at this point, um, we're begging you to make us podcast stars. Let us fulfill our dream here in Los Angeles of being huge celebrities, and you can do that by going to the Mount Rushmore uh, section of the iTunes app and download, rate, and review all of our past episodes, uh, and then go to the Facebook page and go to the Twitter and go to Instagram and lend your voice to the conversation. Tell us what you think. Tell us what subjects you'd like us to tackle, and we'll tackle them in the future. And we're back. It's a balmy 105 degrees here. There's not a cloud in the sky. Uh, trees are bursting into flames outside. Um, everybody's driving around with a shotgun pointed out the window of their vehicle. It's Los Angeles. And we're going to tackle the second 
half of this. Michael. We're going to get a little bit cheerier, not too yeah. much. We're going to just, we're, we're going to go from like, you know. Suicidal ni- to. Ni- yeah, 99 <laughs> on the depressing scale to maybe like an 80. Yeah. Right in the 80s, actually, with Frank Zappa's Valley Girl. And his daughter Moon Unit recorded a song which is ostensibly about um, listening to his daughter and her friends speak in uh, the now famous and infamous <laughs> Val speak. And uh, this song, I, it's amazing how it's just, it's so pervasive of what people think everyone sounds like in LA or like this thing that has kind of caught on globally. Uh, it's true. I used likes as placeholders <laughs> in just about everything I say. I'm from the Valley and like uh, I grew up speaking in like a very Valley way. <laughs> Although maybe not to the extent that uh, they do in this song. Uh, so much of the songs that we talk about are about like these personalities and the people of LA and impressions of LA and LA is often comes off as vapid and uh, consumerish yeah. and uh, stupid and uh, I just love this song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Zappa didn't like he d- I the mean, Valley. He didn't like the Valley. He didn't. I mean, I think he was disgusted by hearing his daughter and like her friends like just say nothing and just just literally talk for ten minutes and say yeah. nothing. Right. And I, I just remember this song. Kind of, there's that brief sort of Val speak craze. Yeah. Suddenly, it was like people wanted. You'd, you'd see all these like stories like. What is this new valley talk? Yeah. And like they'd have like linguists on or some mm-hmm. people talking about it. It's like, it's just how people talk. Yeah. It's just stupid. I uh, <laughs> this memory of me and my cousin Olivia being at the park when we were like kids, probably like 84 or 85, something like that. And just being on the swings and just swinging back and forth and going like, oh, my God, <laughs> me with a spoon. Totally. And this like we must have heard it from the song because as much as my sister is a, a few years older than me and would have. Uh would have gone to the mall a lot yeah. more than I did. Uh, I don't remember her <laughs> ever, ever really speaking like this. But I, I mean, there was, a, yeah, it was like that little genre, subgenre briefly of like the movie Valley Girl and like Square Pegs. Kind uh-huh. of was, yeah. It was sort of around that as era as well. So that was kind of an easy, it became an easy peg, pardon the pun. Yeah. yeah. For the, like, if you wanted to have a character be vapid, how do you have them do that? Have them sound like a Valley Girl. Yeah. There was a character, um, is it Gail Worth, who was uh, the, I forget what her name was then, but she was on SNL, one of the very memorable replacement uh, Gail Mathias? Gail Mathias, yeah. She did the Valley Girl character, too. Mm. And I think it was almost in parallel with uh, Moon Zappa and that. So that was, that brought that patois to prominence as well. I do remember learning it from both that, uh, I got to see Zappa. And I think Boone was on that tour because he got to tour his, even though he probably produced and released the um, 
Valley Girl as a little bit of subversive mm-hmm. uh, fu yeah. to yeah, to yeah. the people who uh, didn't enjoy the complexity of his music. Um, it certainly brought more energy to his career, and uh, yeah, so there were other places to find that to tap into that. So, okay, uh, that's up to you, Richard. All right, my next one is the song "Celluloid Heroes" yeah. by the Kinks. Yeah, again, another outsidery, obviously uh, British band. Mm-hmm. Ray Davies had moved to Los Angeles in the seventies, kind of that stage where his career was on a downturn. Mm-hmm. I think it was probably pre Lola or just yeah, right oh, yeah. before that. There's like that MTV hit that he got. Yeah, well, well Lola's like what mid seventies, I think. Oh, oh, so, okay. so this oh, it's is before that. Okay. Yeah, this is kind of that. Come that, dancing was like mid or yeah. early eighties. Uh-huh. Yes, this is that one of those those gaps, like sort of the sixties popularity had kind of waned. Mm-hmm. It was before he had they had one of their comebacks. So he's living in Los Angeles, and it's basically the song is about it's a great conceit. It's about walking down Hollywood Boulevard and just realizing, hey, look, there's a really famous person, and then there's somebody I've never heard of before. Mm-hmm. But obviously, this person was famous enough so that 30 years ago they had this star on the Walk of Fame. Everybody's a dreamer. Everybody's a star And everybody's in movies Doesn't matter who you are There are stars in every city In every house and on every street And if you walk down Hollywood Boulevard Their names are written in concrete Step on Greta Carbo as you walk down the boulevard. She looks so weak and fragile, that's why she tried to be so hard. But they turned her in. It's just sort of a rumination on, again, the, the nature, I think, of Los Angeles. And this is a celebrity, it's company town. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an entertainment town. And the fact that you can come here and you can be successful and maybe the, that success will last and maybe you'll be successful and that won't last and people will forget who, like, like who is George Sanders. Yeah. Louise Brooks was the hottest thing of 1922. Right. Yeah. And now it's ni- it's 2017 and nobody, no, nobody, nobody cares. knows who she is. Yeah. And nobody cares as well. Exactly. And so the song really is, you know, she, there's the verses are him singing about different stars that he sees hmm. and, it's just a really sweet song, I, even though it's even it's melan- I mean, it's definitely melancholy, but I think there's kind of a I think a, one of the choruses, or I guess maybe it's a coda. He's singing about th- this idea that you know there's stars in every city, mm-hmm. right? And everyone kind of thinks that they've got a movie in their head, and everyone thinks they're kind of living in a movie. Yeah, like you kind of tend to view. Most people, I think, their world in sort of cinematic yeah. qualities. Yeah. And I think it's just the idea that people come here to Los Angeles thinking they're going to live out that dream. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very Ray Davis. Think of like Waterloo Sunset of just people shuffling around a train station off their own world, mm-hmm. think, thinking that uh, they're the kind of the star of their own movie and they're. Uh, and it's a dirty old river. It's right. a dirty this, dirty that. And there's the, the, the narrator is sort of just watching all of this observing happen. And it. it's, it, it, again, that's a very Ray Davies thing, sort yeah. of observation versus 
mm-hmm. a song where he's actually a part of yeah. something. Yeah. Michael, what's your final LA song choice? My last song is, I, I want to end it up. I wanted to end this on an up note uh, with the song I Love LA by Randy <laughs> Newman. And I love the opening. I never, I don't think I'd heard the opening mm-hmm. of the song. Or like the, the little jazzy The little part, preamble yeah. that sounds like every, I mean, this sounds like every Randy Newman song. But the opening sounds like every, every Randy Newman yeah. song. I love that he's just like shitting on New yeah. York, taking down Chicago for being these weird, awful, dreary, cold New places. New York City, it's cold and it's damp. And all the people dressed like monkeys. Let's leave Chicago to the That town's a little bit too rugged for you and me, you bet. And then just that boom, 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 kicks mm-hmm. in, and man, he's loving the sunshine. Yeah. He's loving the beautiful women. Rolling down Imperial Highway, the big nasty red out of my side. Uh, you know who else loves the sunshine? The bums. Yeah. yeah. What an odd aspect of this song that even even the homeless whose lives may be horrible <laughs> loving being in LA. Well, I think that it's, I mean, that's the satire part of it, right? Yeah. You know, I think also part of it is the the uh, boulevards that he name checks in the streets. They're not exactly, it's not like Rodeo, dri- rodeo Drive or anything. It's hey, you, you lay off Victory Boulevard. We are, <laughs> we are right off of Victory right now. And I, it is a great, well, great it, street. They, they, these tend to be the streets that kind of take you, can take you from some of the richest and most affluent parts of Los Angeles or, or LA to some of the roughest parts, you know, Santa Monica or 6th Street or a lot of those are kind of these Roads that kind of lead you to just everywhere in Los Angeles. How, yeah. And it kind of, I think, is on there because of how diverse and... It, it kind of crisscrosses L.A. the way that a song like Surf and Safari... Right. Uh, oh, yeah. it like, just kind of name checks uh-huh. some things that... If you're, if you're unfamiliar with Los Angeles, maybe you, maybe you know the Valley. Maybe you know the Santa Ana Winds. Maybe you know Santa Monica yeah. Boulevard. Just kind of happenstantially. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I, I think this song has such a, you know, at the end of a Dodger game when yeah. this song kicks in and it's the song they play when they win. It's one of those weird, great feelings when you just hear, we hear that initial, the initial chords and you're just like, man, we won. And LA is, and LA is the best. LA, yeah. LA won. I, I <laughs> I, the song is very dated sounding. Sure. I mean, from the opening synths to the very obviously like electronic drums to mm-hmm. where you can even hear like the click track on yeah. the beginning. And I almost wonder if that's purposeful. It, it, it kind of, it versus a song like New York, New York or something like that that's trying to be timeless. It almost, it almost, I think the, the very specific nature of that song sort of... Mm-hmm. I think kind of gives it some appeal. Yeah. It, it, you kind of just, it places me 
being here. It feels like forever 1984. It feels like it feels but like not in the George Orwell way. Yeah. <laughs> right. It just yeah, places me and coming to my grandmother's house in El Monte and you know, watching a Dodgers game and hearing this at the end. It's just mm-hmm. it's a very specific time and place thing for me. Yeah, I love this pick. Um I mean it's it's a song that's satirical, but also there's affection behind it. Mm-hmm. And Randy Newman, you know, grew up in Los Angeles, you know, I think moved here when he was like three or something. Um, so more or less a native. And I think, and, and reading interviews with him, he, I think he understands, I think he feels that most people get the satire that's intended in there, yeah. but also the fact that he genuinely does love Los Angeles. Yeah. And the song's basically saying, yeah, LA, it's kind of fucked up, but we still love it. Yeah. You know, every, everything, that, everything that, that you think about it is true, and also a lot of things you don't think about it are true. Mm-hmm. It's this incredibly diverse. I, I try to explain, have to, I find myself, especially when I go back home, having to explain to people why I still live in Los Angeles or what I like about it. Yeah. And ultimately, I just come back to, you know, Los Angeles is everything. It's like, what, what do you want out of Los Angeles? It is whatever you want to make yeah. out of it. It could be, you know, Beverly Hills, Hollywood. It could be going to East LA for a burrito at, you know, some local burrito joint. It could be anything you want it to be. You just have to find it. Yeah, it's not about the city itself. It's about the people that kind of make up the city and how diverse it is from all aspects. Yeah. Okay, uh, Richard, wrap it up. All right. So you said so. You said you want to make it happy at the end, right? <laughs> so my last choice is "Desperados Under the Eaves" by Warren Zevon. <laughs> um. I I partially chose this because it has my maybe my favorite line in all of music. And if California slides into the ocean, like the mystics and statistics say it will, I predict this motel will be standing until I pay my bill. On all of music, and Warren Zevon was such a sardonic, you know, bitter kind of songwriter. But there's just well, he's got bit by a werewolf. Anyone, anyone would be after that. <laughs> that's true. And it, it it is another one of those songs. I think he's someone I I can kind of relate to. He spent a lot of his early years in Fresno, oh. and then kind of moved out here to try and make it, mm-hmm. and sort of had fits and starts with his career. Mm-hmm. Um, while while attempting to do that. So this is really, you know, it's a song about being in a crappy hotel in Hollywood and just trying to figure out, how did I get here? Like, what mm. this isn't working, or why isn't this working mm-hmm. out? And um, it's just a beautiful song. Yeah. Well, okay, guys. This uh, is This has been a very engaging and entertaining subject. I'm glad we tackled it. Um, I would like to... Uh, make these observations about the choices you made. It's funny that uh, I, I love that. I feel like we st- told from start to finish this kind of story, but we kind of left. We included what we love about Los Angeles is the things that we hate about Los Angeles. <laughs> often seems to be the things that we love about it. It's imperfections and everything. As I think a New Yorker would embrace their city because because it has all those challenges built into it. But I'd like to vote. Ah, New York sucks. Yeah, screw those bitches. Uh, Los Angeles by X. <laughs> Would like to uh, choose that one. Screenwriters Blues. Uh, I like that one. Soul Coughing. Celluloid Heroes. Give me that one. And I Love LA by Randall Newman. Give me that one. 
Those are the winners. Did it? Did, are we still locked? Are we still tied? Forever. Oh, jeez, I got to. <laughs> I'm seriously trying to break this. I'll have not, to, hold on, let me tabulate it real quick. Richard's up by one now. Holy shizzle! Okay, we're done with the podcast. Richard, night, everybody. We finally broke the lock. So. Uh, thanks very much for listening. This has been the Mount Rushmore Podcast. My name is Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. 